BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Blog Talk Radio. Looking for inspiration to take action, to grow? Then you've arrived. The Cocoa Express has been waiting for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cocoa Express Show. I hope you can hear me. We are live, and we are so glad to be here on this July 31st, 2021. You know, I have to tell you that it has been so great to be back on the air. I've had enough time away to know that I missed it very much. And I'm glad because I'm able to bring shows to you and people that are phenomenal. And, you know, I used to talk to people all the time about different things and, and um, we used to always talk about the law of reciprocity. We used to talk about the object of your existence on this planet. And it all comes back to your willingness to be able to do something for others. And we have a shining example of what that looks like. Joining us in this first hour is Simone Gordon. Simone Gordon is called the Black Fairy Godmother. She's created the Black Fairy Godmother Foundation, and what she does is she gives back. She helps. The object of her existence on this planet, existence on this planet, is to help someone, and she has done that in such a tremendous manner that she has received an award because people are always watching. They're watching and they're looking at what you're doing, and when you're doing the right things, the right things happen. So. I would like to take this time to move on over to our interview with Ms. Simone Gordon. Hello. Hi, good evening. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to have you on the show today. How are you? I am blessed and, you know, I cannot complain on this beautiful evening. Yes. Yes, it is a beautiful day. And um, it's even better now because I can actually look in the dictionary and see what um, charity really means through your shining example. Thank you. You're welcome. See, my grandmother, she had a saying when we were kids, and she said it all the time. She said, 
charity starts at home and charity spreads abroad. And as a kid, I'm like, what is she talking about? Oh, my goodness, does she ever stop saying it? As I got older, I began to understand exactly what she was talking about. And then it made me think about who I was, what I learned, and what I was going to do with what I learned. And it found me really reexamining myself as I got older through different phases and different stages of my life. I always reexamined what am I doing, how am I helping, am I helping, am I being part of the problem, or am I part of a cure? And those are all the questions that run around in my head. Now, I need to, um, you know, first tell us a little bit about you, and then we can get into, you know, your foundation and what started the foundation. Well, I am a single 34-year-old mom of a beautiful special needs child who has autism spectrum disorder, and I'm also a nursing student. Um, I am called the Black Fairy Godmother. I am the one that helps um, marginalized families across America with emergency assistance. And I got that name because many of families stated that within hours, not even within days, but within hours, my foundation is able to assist them if they need emergency housing, emergency food, medical supplies, the list goes on. They stated that's what a fairy does, is to take charge and help heal the world. And that's who I am. Okay. How did you get into this role? What promoted you to start this? Well, um, you know, my son was diagnosed in 2017 with autism spectrum disorder, and I also lost my job at a very um, big Fortune 500 bank. And I needed assistance for him, and I was doing everything that a mother would do, contact social services, um, call 211, all the above. And I was not getting anywhere but just being on waiting lists. So I went ahead and I went on Facebook and asked, everyone, where can I get emergency assistance for my son? And there was a Facebook friend of mine at the time stated there was a group for minority women who need emergency assistance. So I joined that group, and I made a post about my son and my journey, and there were four women who were in different states um, advised me that they were going to help get my son the um, services he needed, and that was physical therapy, speech therapy, and occupational therapy because I was on a waiting list for three months at a hospital called Children's Specialized Hospital. Um, One of the volunteers was Elizabeth. She made a call to the chairperson, and within a week, my son received services. Um, And then I wanted to go back to school, so one of the volunteers went ahead and paid my tuition, and I got re-enrolled into nursing school, and I got a 3.8 GPA. So I did the foundation. Yes, so I decided to start a foundation to help women like myself in 2017, and it just went from being successful on Facebook all the way through Instagram, Twitter, and internationally. That is amazing. That is truly amazing. I mean, my uh, daughter is a case manager, and I hear some of the challenges that she goes through when she's trying to help some of her, her clients. And, you know, it's unbelievable how difficult it is to get help to those who need help. It is. It is. 
And I'm just making the awareness out there that yes, everything is black and white on a where you know on a website, but it takes more than that, you know. So my awareness is really opening some eyes and getting more people involved. That's excellent. Now, through your efforts and all of your good work, um, you captured the attention of two very, very prominent individuals. Uh, And how did that happen? Well, I won the Webby 2020 Achievement Award, and every Thursday I will go live and I will explain some of the, you know, some of the testimonials and efforts of many of the families. And I was not aware that Tori Bush was following me, and she was actually contributing to some of the fundraisers I had for families. Um, she saw that I was saving a lot of women who were facing domestic violence, um, women who just wanted to get back on their feet. So I decided to create a 90-day program where I will assist families with emergency assistance, but I'm also going to help you get on your feet as far as job coaching getting you into a trade, or helping you open your own business within 90 days. So uh, Tori Birch and Upworthy um, went ahead and emailed me and stated that they wanted to um, provide me with a scholarship to help women get back on their feet. And that was the month of March, you know, the Women's Month. And I was ecstatic, and I went ahead and I began a fairy dust scholarship fund but I will let women know that there's always life after trauma and help them get back into school or to obtain their GED, and it worked. So, you you know, you just never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. And I'm just happy that I caught their eye. And um, about a month ago, I received a certified letter, and I didn't even know where it was coming from, from the Bill Gates Foundation who sent the check to go towards our Angel Food Assistance Fund, um, which is um, a grocery fund, which we linked up with Instacart, and we provide emergency toiletries, groceries, and medical assistance. And we actually have all the uh, fees waived through Instacart to send families emergency food because everybody can't get to a food pantry, and everybody can't always eat out of a can or just eat chicken from a Ziploc bag. It takes more than that. So we want people to feel human again, even though that they are experiencing hardships. Now, um, during this pandemic we've been going through, have you found an increase, an uptick in the amount of people who've been coming to you for your services? Yes, I have, because many states have run out of money and a lot of people are not receiving the unemployment benefits. So we are receiving increased, increased cases. And we're doing all that we can to spread out, with even with the donations from companies and even with partnerships. But, yes, the cases are increasing. Um, you know, um, even some people decide not to get vaccinated. Some companies tell them they have to, or they have the option of being laid off. And if they get laid off, it's going to take months for them to get unemployment. So these are the challenges that we're facing um, today was a horrific day because many states lift the eviction ban, so there's no extension. So many people are either going into foreclosure or either going into homelessness. So, yes, um, we've been facing those challenges, and we're doing all that we can, working with different agencies. But as you stated, you know, your daughter is facing a lot because certain agencies are not picking up the phone. And, 
you know, many families are going without at this time. Oh, that's unfortunate. Now, you say you work, um, you're global. So, you, I mean, well, you're across the United States. Have you gone globally? Um, do you have the ability to assist, uh, like, let's just say, for example, a place like Puerto Rico? We are not able to go globally at this present time. Um, we are still growing, um, you know, and due to the needs of the marginalized black and brown families in the USA, um, we're trying our best to maybe um, within a year to six months maybe, we will initially go global. But right now, due to the pandemic, that is what's putting a hold on a lot of things. Okay. Now, operating an organization of this magnitude, what does that take? How many people do you have in, um, you know, within your organization to help you the services, the information, you know, the the names of the people and all of that stuff done. We, we have 12 board members who've been with us for seven years, and we have 50 volunteers across the USA that is designated in the state that they're living. So it takes a lot for us. Every Wednesday we have a Zoom. We do liberation as to who's going to get assistance. There is a huge vetting process where people would have to submit documentation, um, their ID, just like any other nonprofit organization. So it does take a lot. Many of us, um, you know, only get two hours of sleep. And because though I'm a single mother of a severely autistic child and I'm also in school, it's a lot. But as the founder and CEO, if I want to save lives, then I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. So. We are volunteer-based. We do not get paid for this work. We do this for the love of just saving lives. So, you know, it takes a lot, and we've been working hard 24 hours, 24 hours. We have different people all over who are stationed to help people even when applications come in. But we have an army. Uh, a village. You have a village of people, and that is, yeah. that's good. Now, what keeps screaming in my head is you must have some amazing parents to um, have produced such a caring and loving woman. So how was your childhood? My parents are amazing. They have been married um, as of August 11th, I believe 37, 38 years. Um, My strength comes from seeing my parents sacrificed everything to make sure we have what, you know, what, you know, what we needed growing up. But I also got a lot of my strength through my grandmother. She had 11 children, but not just having her children. She also gave back to the community and opened her doors to everyone. When you come to her home, you will leave out with a bag of something, whether you're a neighbor, whether you're a cousin, whether you're somebody that she met at the grocery store. So that's where I get everything from and all my teachings from her to give back and to open your arms and your doors. So, yeah, I come from a family that is big and that's family-oriented, and we just don't call family because we're blood. You know, your neighbors could be your family, the people at your church, people you go to school with. So, yeah, that's where I get everything from. Okay. So my my idea was correct. The little voice in my head was Correct. Thank you for sharing that information. (laughs) Now, when you say that, you know, you don't sleep and um, 
you very, you know, you're going to school um, for nursing and you have an amazing GPA. Now, what do you do to keep yourself grounded and um, focused on making sure you're okay? I open my Bible and I pray. I'm going to be honest. I open my Bible and I pray. Um, And, you know, I just talk to God and ask him to teach me his ways. And what would my grandmother do if somebody was to say that they're hungry or if they're fleeing from a domestic situation? Um, You know, everybody does deserve self-care. I believe that self-care is what you make it and how you make it. So my self-care is um, reading my Bible, um, always knowing that I have to somehow, um, what will I say, use some source of spirituality as my self-care to keep myself motivated with taking care of my son, taking care of my health, and taking care of the people. Um, we need someone to do it because we don't have many people to do it. So I'm just trying to bring everything back that our family members um, have done in the 70s and 80s. I think we lost the family-oriented momentum during these past 20 years. And I'm just trying to help bring it back. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with you. We have lost that village mindset, and we've gotten into me, 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 me. And uh, a lot has fallen through the cracks, and a lot of people need help. And it's not just, how can I put it? It's not just those who don't have. There are people who have that still need help, that they're afraid to reach out and say that they need help. As you stated, you know, um, there are people who are in domestic violence situations that are afraid to come and, and ask for assistance. There are people who work a traditional nine to five, but still don't have enough to provide food on the table on a regular basis. So, you know, we all have to open our minds. And as you stated, your next door neighbor could be someone who is experiencing some kind of difficulty or challenge, and they're afraid to uh, speak out about it. So, you know, I'm truly grateful that there is an organization like yours out there to help people. Absolutely, and I'm just blessed that I'm doing all I can, you know, mm-hmm. with the little I have, you know. And that's the other thing. You know, I, I too, you know, embrace my Bible all the time, and it says that, you know, you have to take what you have and give so that you can be blessed with more. So you have, you know, you are being a good shepherd. And that is a beautiful thing to see and witness because oftentimes people talk the talk but don't walk the walk. And you are doing both. Now, you're welcome. Let's get into a little bit about how your organization works. For example, if someone calls in and um, they're in need of assistance, in a particular area, um, let's just say that they're, um, they, they don't have food to put on the table 
What is your course of action in that regard when you receive a request? What happens when you receive a request, a phone call? How do you get your request? We get our request through our website. Everyone goes to www.theblackfairygodmother.org and they fill out the application. And on the application, we have a strong vetting situation. If someone needs groceries, they will put what type of groceries they need, their address. And most of the time when they put that information, we have somebody knocking on, their, knocking on their door and the groceries are there. Sometimes we have some of our people that live in their state to contact them and to deliver the food. Or if somebody needs emergency housing, they would inbox us, but they still have to fill out the application because we have to make sure that they are actually who they say they are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, this morning a woman put an application at 2 a.m. this morning stating her children might not have breakfast. Well, Within 7, 15 a.m., she got a knock on the door with $350 worth of groceries. So, yes, that's how we do it. We move very quickly. We move very quickly, and that's depending on funding. Just like um, there was a woman in Oklahoma, they were going to auction her home because she was uh, passed through with $4,000 in taxes. Within eight hours, we raised that $4,000, and one of our volunteers took the money, and went ahead and went to the township and paid it. We, that is, you know, we try our best to run as quickly as we can. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. that is just beautiful. Now, if individuals wanted to be a part of the um, volunteer um, sector of your program, how would they go about that, and are how are they vetted as well? And they will actually go to our Instagram, and we have a job form where they will put in their information and we would set up an appointment in time and they have to be bonded. We have um, a um, contract with State Farm where we bond our people and they will be fingerprinted and to make sure that they are 100% who they say they are. So we have a strong vetting process to protect the people as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. And people have been bonded and 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 we done our fact check and our background check and they volunteer only six to ten hours a month and it's been working it out and they are stationed within their state and next year we're going to be opening chapters so that each person who is stationed in their state will add more people to the team and will be chapters oh great now have you received an uptick in volunteer requests during the pandemic? During the pandemic, we had approximately 100 volunteers. It did go down because of the fact that, you know, many people started getting vaccinations, many people moved on with their lives. Um, so during the pandemic, we had 100 volunteers because we were in panic mode and different people were mailing formula, different people went out and got groceries and medication for some, you know, for some of the elderly who were scared to come out. So, yeah, during the pandemic, we had 100 volunteers, but since COVID rates a little bit had went down and people started getting vaccinated, some moved on and some are still on the team. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, Well, we have to get the word out so you can get more volunteers because um, I think... Yes, we're expanding. (laughs) Good. I think because of... um, the fact that during COVID we had no choice but to look at ourselves, I mean, really look at ourselves. I believe a lot of people start to change the, um, 
change the dynamic of how they act towards others and look at things from a really different perspective. I think it caused people to really start to understand and realize that I'm not in the world by myself and there are people out there who really need help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, but we have to really get people to come back (laughs) to that reality and that mindset just because you know, things are opening up, it doesn't change the fact that these things are still happening in the world. You know, they're still going on outside. So, so that's, I mean, I am just, you know, so glad that, you know, I have you on. I'm, I want people to really get to know that there's an organization out there that really helps people and it doesn't take all of the unnecessary paperwork that takes 15 days, 30 days, some, in some cases months, um, to, to help somebody. And I guess I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm really happy. To good. Have an organization like good to know. Yes. Now, can you um, give us the information that we would need to be able to um, have people who may be in need or who would like to volunteer um, to reach you or reach out to you? Absolutely. They can go to our website at www.theblackfairygodmother.org. If they need help, they will click on application to apply and uh, fully uh, upload their documentation. And if they want to get involved, if they want to volunteer or any type of sponsorship, they will go ahead and click on get involved and all the links will be there where they, you know, it's clickable and they can click on where they want to get involved, how they want to get it all, how they want to get involved and how to reach me. Okay. My um, other question, which another one just screamed out at me, do a lot of these social services organizations, um, do they know that you exist? Yes, they do. Some get upset. Um, because we go so fast with assisting people. We even partner up with a few organizations in California and New York if they are unable to feed or house a family, uh, some of their um, their um, office managers or some of the social workers will contact us. Um, for example, some women are pregnant and they need a stroller and car seat combo. They will contact us and we will put it on social media and someone will purchase it. And being though that we're a 501c3, is tax deductible. So some organizations do work with us. Some are angry because, you know, they wish that they can have the type of uh, resources that we have. Um, but, again, um, we are not doing it for profit. We're doing it for change. And, you know, we're here to stay, and we're doing everything the right way. And that's, that's good to know. That is really good to know, and I don't understand why people would be upset because the object of everything that these organizations are doing and what you're doing is to help people, you know, to be of service to people who are in need. So it doesn't matter how it's done as long as it's being done that matters. Absolutely. Yes. So now tell me, what are your – I mean, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do in your downtime? I know you love spending time with your child, but what do you like to do as a hobby? I like to be outside and just sit and read books 
I like to listen to music. Um, I am a shopper. <laughs> so those are my three hobbies, is shopping, outside reading a book, spending time with my son. I'm very focused on him right now. So those are my hobbies that I do. Okay. You know, and that's reason, what brings me joy. The reason why I ask that is because I find that people who have um, – who create amazing things, um, they have the mind, the, the mindset, the um, presence of mind to take time out to do things that they enjoy. No matter how intense the job that they have and the work that they do, they always find time to do something that they enjoy. And I need for people to understand that because a lot of people – they don't understand how to have quality in their life and they wind up burnt out or whatever the case may be. But in speaking with you, you're content in what you're doing. You're happy with, you know, the work that you do and you have a very good relationship and bond with your child and you're going to school, you're, you know, you're helping people but you're also taking time out for you. And that is extremely important. And I'm glad people can see that and hear that as well. Absolutely. Yes, that is so important. Now, when I like to ask my guests a question, what would the you today tell the younger you if you had an opportunity? I would say that it's okay to make mistakes because sometimes making a mistake can turn into something positive. And I made some mistakes. But look at me now. I'm turning into a positive and I'm changing lives with the mistake I made. Yes, indeed. Amen to that. Amen. Now, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in starting an organization that is going to benefit others, what advice would you give them? Start small. Do your research. Do your homework. Invest into getting a 501c3. Invest into getting a business consultant. Have your ducks in a row. And what I mean by starting by small, get your church involved. Get neighbors involved. Get your coworkers involved. You can start something that's so beautiful and powerful, you just never know what it may become one day. Thank you. That is very good. Now, once again, can you just give us the way in which people can contact you? Because I want to make sure that they hear it as many times as they can so they can know that you're out there. No problem. They can go ahead and they can contact me at www.theblackfairygodmother.org. Or they can go to Instagram and Facebook at the Black Fairy Godmother Official. Okay, great, great. Now, do you have any other words you want to share with us? I just want everyone to be safe, keep positive, and stick together the best way that they can. And if you are in the New York surrounding area on October 30th, we will be hosting a Purple Diamonds Awards where we will be giving back to um individuals who are survivors of domestic violence and also shining some light on grassroots organizations that are getting their feet dirty and wet into helping 
mostly families that are in their community. So we will be, you know, giving recognition to a lot of families. We will be bringing everyone safely as a community that night from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And this will be held where? This will be held in North Bergen, New Jersey. It's on the cusp of New York City. So it's just about 21 minutes away from Manhattan. Okay. And... They can find out that information on your um, Facebook page and such? Absolutely. You can find the information on www.theblackfairygodmother.org. Uh, we will be having the ticket sales arriving approximately on the 13th on the website where you can go ahead and adopt a survivor or you can buy a ticket and you can attend our event. Oh, really? Adopt a survivor. Now, how is that? Um, how do you do that? Well, many survivors need relocation, they need housing, they need financial support as far as um, getting back on their feet. So adopt a survivor, you would help them while, um, you know, um, donating whatever you can, whether donating to their housing fund or their education fund, and you will actually get to have a chance to have their story heard and get them, you know, just see them shine. Um a lot of agencies are not helping a lot of the women who are facing domestic violence. Um, many of them are scared to go to shelter because they have children, and once you go into a shelter, CPS get involved. So by adopting a survivor, you are actually giving an opportunity of fundraising for them or donating to their housing relocation or helping them get some sort of education job to get away from their abuser. And domestic violence don't always have to be physical. It could be verbal, it could be financial, and it could be emotional. So adoptive survivor is going to go through the whole month of September and October. And so far, we've been making a lot of strides with different businesses, companies, and people who have birthdays in the month of July, August, and September have stepped up and stated that on their birthday that they're going to fundraise to help people get on their feet. Women and men. That is amazing. That is fantastic. Thank you. That's really great. I'm glad you, uh, you know, brought that information up because, you know, there are different ways that people can get involved. They, you know, and I guess sometimes people feel that they have to go big. And being able to do something, you know, at this level is just as important as going big. So, I'm glad you were able to share that information with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure this evening. Yes, it has been indeed a pleasure. Now now that you're on my radar, I'm going to see what I can do and who I can get out there to help as well because these things are important because our communities are in desperate need of help and whether we really want to acknowledge it or not, it's, it's a fact. And no matter how you can, you should be able to do something. And it goes back to in the beginning of the show when I talked about my grandmother, when she said charity starts at home and charity spreads abroad. And this is a prime example of what charity spreading abroad looks like. Absolutely. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you're more than welcome to come back to the show to share more information and details. We would love to have you. 
and it was a pleasure meeting you and listening to um, your organization and hearing your story. I'm glad we had this amazing opportunity. Thank you so much for having me, and you have a wonderful night. You too. Take care. Be well. Okay, everyone, that was the Black Fairy Godmother. She graced graced us with her presence, and uh, we got to learn about her her foundation. And um, I think you should all take the opportunity to go and look her up and look at her foundation and see how and where you, too, can lend your support and be um, able to assist some needy families in regards to how, um, regards to whatever services that they need so that we can kind of move forward with trying to rebuild and get ourselves back up to speed in regards to creating a new normal. And I think that's where we are now. Um, The old way of doing things just ain't working anymore. And I think, you know, this time that we had to completely stop and reflect and look at ourselves and our lives It's showing us that we need to do better, we need to be better, and we need to do more to help each other. And I am not going to say too much more beyond that, but I will say that it was a pleasure having her on the show. I'm glad that she's on my radar now, and I will do everything I can to let people know that she's out there so that she can get as much assistance as she needs. So once again, I want to thank her. So we have another hour of our show that we um, are going to start working with. We have a new format. So please allow me the opportunity to close this out and, and say thank you for joining us. Be well, and we'll see you in 10 minutes. Thanks for spending time with us. Come back next year.
mama taught me early to turn the other cheek. And she made me swear to think before I From what I've seen, that it takes a lot of human feeling to be a human being. They say overpopulation is an ever-present thorn. You know it takes a lot of human feeling. I know from what I've seen that it takes a whole lot of human feeling to be a human. Join us whenever we're going to deal with nutrition. So 
hold your horses. This train is getting ready to go into a new station, and we want you to join us. Looking for inspiration to take action, to grow? Then you've arrived. The Cocoa Express is waiting for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cocoa Express Fit. We're ready for you. We're going to talk about health, wellness, possibly. We're going to talk about how you can be a better you. Joining us on this trip is Marilyn Forward. She is our resident mindset person. So she's going to help us get our minds right. And we're going to talk about fitness, health, mindset, all those different things that help you be a better you. So, Marilyn, are you with me? Hi, yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, and I'm so glad to have you back. Formerly, I'm so glad to be back. Formerly, her name was Marilyn Ocasio or Marilyn Ocasio Medina. She was with us before, but she's had some changes. She's now Marilyn Forward because she's married. She's married now. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm happily married for three years, and I am living forward. And I want to help (laughs) others to live forward as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's a beautiful thing. I couldn't ask for a better name. That's right. And and it suits you because you're always moving forward. You're never standing still. And you're taking people along with you because you're helping people be better as well. So they too can move mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, that's so that's so true, Aurelia. And I just want to say thank you, first of all, for for asking me to join your show once again. I think it was about three years since we uh had our last show, probably more than that. And, uh, and I want to thank our listeners also for taking the time and tuning in. Uh, and it's so true, really, what you said about not not staying still, but, you know, keep moving forward. Um, although we do need to find that time to be still so that we can find that inner peace within us. And on the other side is, you know, moving forward as far as, you know, keep moving our bodies, keep moving that energy, keep moving our minds, keep expanding. And, you know, we lived, or we are, we're still living in this, you know, this pandemic. And it's been, it's been a rough, you know, last couple of years. For the first time I had our family gathering, uh, last month for my sister's birthday and it was so nice for all of us to be together and just you know so much love and it's so nice and so important to have that that family that that unity that love that harmony and now that i i said the word love and uh not uh too long ago i posted a quick video about what is strength and I, it's on my Helping Heal Hearts uh, Facebook page and also on my personal page, Marilyn Ocasio Forward. So someone asked me, what is strength? And I said, you know, strength is to have faith, to have love, to be kind, to be patient. And others may sometimes see that as a weakness. 
when you're really kind to people, people think that's a weakness, right? I've been told many times, oh, you're so nice, you're too nice. And some people view it as a weakness, but it's not. It's a strength. And it's that, it's those virtues that got me to where I am today, having that faith, having that patience, being kind, forgiving, and just giving love, radiating love, no matter what, and no matter who hurt us. Who betrayed us? Who did what to us? And that's something that I I spoke to my children about that uh, not too long ago because I do work a lot with teenagers, and I have three children of my own, and we've already gone through the teenage years. So I've really gotten to understand what teenagers go through, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, how much they suppress their emotions. And as I worked with teenagers and I taught them with love, I would go in there to this uh, school of modeling and acting, and I would go in there and meet these teenagers for the first time, and they would have their guard up, right? You can see it's almost like they have have their headphones on, have these attitudes, right? But I just went in there with love. I never judged anyone. I never... um, you know, if I ha- if someone was maybe being sarcastic or not listening, I just talked to them with love. And in one instance, I had this one little girl that was so mean. <laughs> she was being a bully, right? And and I said to her, oh, would you like to be my assistant today? So that's the way I just turned it around and gave her love. And she became so happy and she wanted to help me. And just by asking her to help me, that girl, that was such a turnaround. And after the 10 weeks was over, the, the, it was a 10-week course, and the end of the course, this little girl came up to me, and she gave me a bracelet, and she said, this bracelet is for you, Miss Marilyn. And she said, I just want you to know that, that you as a mom, as a mom that, and, and you gave me so much love, she said, and I love you. And that was so, I was so taken back by that. And it just shows that when you give love, that's the most powerful tool that we can have, right? The energy is everything and everything is energy. And when we give that energy and we give that love, it's going to come back to us. And I want to talk about forgiving. So I have many clients students that have a hard time with forgiving when I talk about that's a step that they need to make toward healing. And the reason that we need to forgive is so that we can take that step toward healing. We're not, we're, we're not doing it for them. We're doing it for ourselves. And this is something that I had to learn. This is over 10 years ago. Someone told me this, that I had to be nice to that person, that I had to be kind to that person, that I had to pray for that person. And I was like, no way, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but then when I started praying for people that hurt me, and I have this exercise that, that I want to, talk about, and I want everyone to do this, and it's very, very powerful. It's like you have this 
burden off of your shoulders and you're opening up your heart because what happens is when we don't forgive it's like we're closing that energy center that heart chakra that's the scent that's the energy center where our life flows in and out that main center and we're blocking that we're closing that and not only are we closing that life first energy that's going to cause blockages in our energy system and our nervous system and cause the stress and cause the sickness. So we are holding on to a poison and we're thinking that we're hurting the other person or getting even with the other person by not forgiving them, but we're just hurting ourselves. It's like holding on to poison, expecting the other person to get poisoned, right? Hmm. So I, I want I want you to do this. Oh, so I told, uh, I told one of my clients this recently. Do this exercise. Forgive this person because you're doing it for you. And when, when you're done, you're going to feel so much better, and you're just going to open up and make way for new things to come into your life because if we don't, we block it. And then we wonder why. We're applying the law of attraction. We're praying for things. We're trying to accomplish so much, and it's taking so long, and we're not getting anywhere or we're struggling, and it's because we are blocking it. We're blocking that divine flow. We're blocking that the universe will give us what we ask for. When we are in flow, in the divine flow, we will receive, ask, and you shall receive. So I told this person, if if you don't forgive, you're holding on to the poison. So let go and let God just release that poison from your body. And if that person that hurt you or that person that betrayed you, that person that did you wrong, and they won't admit it or they won't apologize, then that's their choice. And they're holding on to that poison, and they have to live with that. And they will face the consequences eventually. So, but that's up to them, right? That's up to them. And then I said, your job is to forgive that person. Let go and let God let go of that poison. So this is the exercise. I want everyone to just take a deep breath. Inhale through your nose for four seconds and exhale for four seconds. Relax your shoulders. And I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to visualize the breath flowing in and out of your heart. I want you to visualize the breath flowing in and out of your heart, and I want you to think about something that you feel really grateful for. It could be a person. It could be a place. Anything that makes you feel gratitude, compassion, love. And just continue to breathe slowly in and out, visualizing the breath flowing in and out of your heart. And I want you to see these people that have hurt you, have betrayed you, And just think about all the people and just line them up, see them on a stage, standing on a stage. 
And when I did this exercise, I had a long line. <laughs> Sometimes we just forget about it. But then when you start thinking and you go back and you say, wow, you know, these people that betrayed me or did me wrong or made me feel a certain way. So now you're going to go to each person and you're going to bow to them and you're going to say thank you for the lessons that you taught me. Thank you for the lessons that you taught me. I'm sending you love and light, and now I release you. So I want you to do that with every single person that you can think of. One of that, one of those people is yourself, and I want you to forgive yourself as well. So we want to let go of that. So if you can do this now, you do it now, and then I want you to continue this exercise whether when you finish listening to this or at night. So, hey, Marilyn, today is it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. When you had us doing, I was doing the exercise that you were saying. And when you said, think of awesome. the things you're grateful for. And I had a huge smile on my face. Then when you said, now I need for you to think of people being, you know, being in an auditorium and there's a stage and there are people on the stage and all those people on stage are the people that hurt you. My face dropped. Mm-hmm. So it went from the smile all the way to the frown and the grimace of all the people that, mm-hmm. have, you know, said I've done something that um, injured my spirit, my soul, or, uh, you know, or anything of that nature. Right. So thank you so much for bringing that up, Aurelia, because that just comes to show how powerful our thoughts are, how powerful our our mind is. So when we think about something that we feel grateful, and I want to go back to that now for those of you that were doing the exercise, including you, Aurelia, let's go back to inhaling. Inhale through your nose for four seconds. Thinking about something that makes you feel grateful and exhale for four seconds. Breathing in and out of your heart. So let's do that for a little while. Breathe in, breathe out, focus the breath flowing in and out of your heart. Feeling that gratitude and smile. And let's go back to that place of gratitude. Gratitude is a very powerful tool, and it is scientifically proven to actually boost your immune system. Uh, Years ago when we had the show, I would always talk about gratitude because that is one of the tools that I use that changed my life. So, really, are you feeling better now? And anyone else doing the exercise? Yes, back into gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. So now we talk about forgiveness. Now I want to talk about gratitude. See, this show is about... It's health and nutrition. Health, it starts with the mind. It starts with taking control of our thoughts, taking control of our mind. So now let's talk about gratitude. Uh, When I was going through many, many challenges years ago in my life, this is one of the tools that really helped me to gain my strength to accept what is, to focus on my vision, to focus on my future, to focus on what I wanted to create. 
And what I would do was I would wake up in the morning, and the first thing I would do is say thank you for my life, and I would grab my gratitude journal. So you can get any notebook and make that your gratitude journal. And I would write down 10 things that I was grateful for, but not only write down what I was grateful for, but why. So I would say I am grateful for water. Why? Because I just walked to the faucet. I open the faucet. The water is there. Not everyone has that privilege. We would not be able to live without water. So I am so grateful for water. I'm grateful for the sun. Same thing, right? It gives us life. It gives us warmth. It gives us what we need. I'm so grateful for that beautiful sunset. I love to see the sunset. I love to see the sunrise. It makes me so happy to be in nature. So you will have something written so beautiful when you go back and read it, and then you say, wow, it's so beautiful to read a gratitude journal. And what it does is you actually feel the energy shift inside of your body. And I had no idea. Years later, I learned that it's scientifically proven, right, that this will boost your immune system, the gratitude, and it makes you feel so good. So not only that, but it makes you see all the things to be grateful for. Then you start seeing your blessings. So it's like you're taking off the glasses that you're looking at life through, and then you're putting on a new pair of glasses, and you're seeing life in a different way. Change the way you look at things, and the things that you look at change. That's one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Wayne Dyer. I read a book back in, it was probably 2008, by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And the name of that book is The Power of Intention. That book changed my life because not only did I read it, I read it, I studied it, I underlined it, I had highlighters, (laughs) I would write, and I applied it. And that works. I said, this stuff works. So I, and I I set the intention of that I was going to work in this place that was going to be with really nice people and I was going to be appreciated and it was going to be around my birthday. And right around my birthday, this uh, investor, uh, he's in investment banking, he's in finance, he came up to me and, and I knew him from a previous job. And he said, Marilyn, do you want to work for me? I said, what? You know, you know that I work here full time, right? I thought he was kidding. He said, no, I really, I really have a position. You can come and work for me. And that was the best boss that I ever had. And he taught me so much. He was a mentor. He, he taught me. He took me under his wings. And he gave me the confidence that I needed to, to grow, to really start growing and to start thinking out of the box. And then I learned not only to set the intention to what I wanted, but to also to surround yourself with people that are going to appreciate you, that are going to help you to believe in yourself, that are going to help you grow. We always want to pay attention who we surround ourselves with. They say, I want you to think about the five people that you, you spend most of your time with. I want everyone to think about the five people that you spend most of your time with. So think about that, and what they say is that the the people, those five people that you surround yourself most with, 
that's who you will become like. So you want to be with people that have a positive mental attitude. You want to be with people that are going to help you grow. You don't want to be with people that are going to be constantly complaining or putting you down or you're telling them about your goals and dreams and they're telling, telling you that it's impossible. And I listen to people's advice. I, I look at where they are in their life. Look at where they are in their life. And if they're successful, then you want to listen to those people. But the people that are telling you that you can't do it and that it's impossible and it's because they haven't accomplished, right, and they've failed and they're not where they are in their lives, why would I listen to them, right? So you want to really pay attention who you surround yourself with. And Aurelia, you did mention when we first started about, you know, keep moving forward. One of the things that I'm constantly doing is reading. Like I said, that was one of the books, Power of Intention. So you want to pay attention to what you're putting into your mind. Are you exercising your mind? Are you exercising your brain, right? Because that's really important. And going to the brain, we really want to take care of our brain. And the reason that I say this is um, during the pandemic, I did a lot of studying. I just got courses. I got certified as a uh, brain health coach with Dr. Daniel Amen Clinics. And he says that we need brain envy. We need to fall in love with our brains because a lot of people, you know, you go to the doctor, you check your heart, you check your kidneys, your liver, but a lot of people are not looking at their brains and they're, they're doing things that are hurting their brain, you know, with toxins, with what they're eating, with not exercising their brain, um, doing things that hurt the brain. So in the next time that we have this uh, podcast, I want to talk more about the brain and doing the things that help the brain and avoiding the things, doing the things that help the brain and avoiding the things that hurt the brain. And I also want to refer you to uh, brain foods. And you'd be amazed that, you know, some people think that they're stuck with the brain that they have and that they're into these bad habits and they can't let go of these bad habits and they try and they try and they go back. And the brain is a computer that fortunately can be rewired. We're not stuck with the brains that we have. And a lot of people out there walking around with brain injuries and they don't know it. So Dr. Daniel Amen has actually done so many scans of athletes, a lot of NFL players that have brain injuries because, you know, getting hit in the head a lot with, with, with the sport that they're playing or people that got into car accidents or, you know, whiplash or concussions or they fell off the bed. And, you know, the brain is something that's um, very powerful, but it's also very delicate. So that's something that I want to leave you all, you know, to think about. And then the next time we're going to talk more in depth about that because, like I said earlier, I, I work a lot with teenagers. And so many 
and they're not some some of them not even teenagers teenagers yet. And when I ask the question like who here is not sleeping well or who here feels like they have anxiety or who here feels like and they like all the hands go up. I'm like, oh my God, you know, at such a young age and they're suffering from depression and anxiety. They can't sleep well. And there's a lot of factors that contribute to this mm-hmm. that they don't realize because I mean, everything is like normal. It's normal to play video games for hours and hours. It's normal to be in front of the screen, looking at the phone for hours and hours, sleeping with the phone, sleeping with the computer, eating the junk food. You know, it's it's what they know. So it's time to, you know, get educated about a different lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle. And I've coached and I coach um, some teenagers. Some are in high school, some are in about to go to college and when I give them the suggestions and I tell them why and I tell them how it's going to help them to sleep better and I ask them would you do this and would you try this and you'll see if you sleep better and they do it they listen and and they say yeah I'm sleeping better and I give them breathing techniques and it helps them with the anxiety and it helps them with the stress these are all the things that that we're going to be talking about on this show. And it's not only for teenagers, but it's for adults. It's for all ages. Yeah. I want to, I want to share, you know, breathing techniques that are going to help you to get through the stress, to get through the anxiety, to get through, you know, so many things that we're going through, so many changes. And it's all about knowing that you have the power We have so much power that we don't even really know that we have, okay? So, yes, the brain is very, very powerful, and our mind is powerful when we set the intention, when we, you know, have the affirmations and set our goals and visualize and do the imagery. All of that is very powerful. But there's one thing that's even more powerful, and that's the heart. The heart has an electromagnetic field stronger than the brain and it sends it sends a message to the brain and that's when we get that and I'm going to show you a breathing technique and we when we get that and that breathing technique and you're able to control the that heart rhythm it's called heart rate variability and when you get to control that and that heart sends a message to the brain and then your body responds and you're able to relax and I've seen this over and over again with my clients, it's amazing. It's amazing the power that we have, not only to to control our thoughts, to be able to heal mentally, emotionally, and physically, because a lot of the illnesses, most of the illnesses happen, it starts with stress. We're not taking care of ourselves mentally and emotionally, and then the stress becomes like like a normal, it's a normal thing, and we're so used to it that it feels like, well, this is the normal thing. And then the minute the person starts to feel relaxed, it's almost like they want to go back to feeling the anxiety because that's what the brain knows is normal. That's what's comfortable. And that's why people, they're in these bad habits, and then they stop, and then they go back because that's how the pathways are wired, and that's what the brain knows to be comfortable, and it want to go, it wants to go back to that even if it's detrimental. 
Mm. So there's so much. Yes, there's so much. There's so much to learn. And, and a lot of this, a lot of the listeners may know this already. You may have heard this, mm-hmm. but it's always good to review and to have the reminders and to not reject, right? We can learn information. We can hear it and we can reject it. But I'm going to ask you to, to, accept, to accept it, to say, you know what? Let me try this out. Let me try this out. You have nothing to lose. And I started Reiki in 2008, and I've seen uh, hundreds of clients that their lives have changed drastically because mm-hmm. they took control of their thoughts. So there's something that I really want you to take away today. And if you have a notebook and a pen, or if you don't, if you can get one right now, I want you to write this down. Because this is something, when I heard it for the first time, I I had a hard time with it. But then the more I practiced it, the more I realized, wow, this is so true. So if you can write this down and always remember this, your thoughts create your reality. Your thoughts create your reality. So when I first heard that, I had a hard time. I had a really hard time with this, but I accepted it. I wanted to reject it, but I accepted it. And I became really aware of my thoughts. And whenever I had a negative thought, Dr. Daniel Amen calls it, uh, he says, kill the ant. Right, so killing the ants, ants is automatic negative thoughts. We all have it. No, I don't care how great and awesome you are, we all have this. We all have had these automatic negative thoughts, like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not ready, I can't do this, right? So we all have that part of us in our brain saying we're not good enough or whatever negative thought it is. So it's like stop and swap. Stop that thought and swap it for a positive. And that's how we're going to rewire our pathways. That's how we're going to rewire our brain. Because our brain is the most complex computer in this entire world. So we want to really be aware of what we're thinking about. And if you say to yourself every single day, and I have, I worked with uh, many, many teenagers at once in a group, and I have them stand up and give me the power pose. And I learned this from, there's this fabulous woman called Mel Robbins, and I follow her, and uh, she talks about the five-second rule, but she also talks about this uh, power pose. So you st- I have them stand up really straight. So you can try this right now. So stand up really straight. And then pick your arms up over your head like a V, almost like you're a superhero. And that's the power pose. So if you stay like this for a couple of minutes, so if you're going to an interview or meeting or you're nervous about something, do this power pose and stay like this for a couple of minutes. And you are going to start feeling amazing. This actually does something to your physical body, to your brain, and you're going to start feeling amazing like a superhero. And then I have them say, I am amazing. And everyone says, I am amazing. And they're standing with a big smile on their face. 
and everyone screaming, I'm amazing. And I tell them, say that every day because your parents, your teachers, your family, they're not going to tell you every day you're amazing. They're not going to tell you. You know, people will tell you what you did wrong most of the time, and it's rare that they tell you you did something right. So I tell them, tell yourself. Give yourself compliments. Be like you're your best friend and start loving yourself. And when you start loving yourself, you start talking good to yourself, you start putting these positive uh, thoughts into your head, and you're reprogramming that computer. So for you that's listening, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxiety, and I know that um, uh, I've had a a couple of uh, clients that I've referred to uh, professional therapists for counseling if it's needed and, you know, if they need medication. And so I'm very mindful and respectful of that. Um, but love yourself. Main thing, love yourself. I, I, I recently had a client that, um, another young, young one, 20s. So so much empathy, so much compassion, always worried about other people. And I said, it's time for you to be a little bit selfish. Selfish in a good way, where you're thinking about yourself and you're loving yourself and you're doing the things that make you feel good. And it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. Um, You know, because certain people want to please, you know, everyone. And Marilyn, Marilyn? Yes. It's so funny you would say that it's okay to say no. I don't know about, you know, you are, but I've been watching the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed, you know, I was I was not surprised when Simone Biles kind of bowed out because she yeah. was saying no. And I was also reading some other articles about some of the other athletes and what they were enduring, going through. A lot of them were so depressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you talked about, yes. you know, how strong the mind is. And the body, you can condition your body and be at the top of your physical conditioning, but the mind can can completely just... Eliminate all of that hard work. Mm-hmm. Get burned and, out. Yes. And I was like, you know, that would be a great thing that we could talk about. And it was so good that you talked about the mind and how the brain works and all of those different components that go into you being your best self. And then you take yeah. these people who we put on pedestals as superheroes because they really are superheroes. Um, in, mm-hmm. in some respects, and you find out that deep down inside, they are crumbling because of yeah. all the pressure of being looked at as a superhero. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. The pressure of being looked as a superhero. Oh my God, you could have said it better, Aurelia. The pressure of being looked at as a superhero. Yes, and. It's absolutely okay to say no, and it was, it's absolutely okay to say, you know what, I'm going to take this time for me. And that's why, you know, mental health is so, so important. And 
now that you say that, I also want to bring up how about all the uh, actors or, you know, famous people or designers that ended up committing suicide, right? Yeah. Because they also were putting on that happy face. Like, look at Robin Williams, right? Always making everybody laugh. And who knew, right, that he was crumbling inside, right? Yeah. Putting on, um, putting on this happy face and a lot of comedians, I, I feel that become comedians because they're hiding their depression. Not all of them, but I, I've, I found that a lot of them deep down inside that they have this, you know, this sadness or this depression and that's, you know, that's their outlet. But deep down inside, they're broken. And there's so many people. In, in addition to, you know, the athletes or the actors that they're putting on a happy face, but inside they're broken. And it's mm-hmm. like they're living like a prisoner. And that's why they say the truth, shall set, the truth shall set you free. Because once they say, you know what, I have this problem and I'm going to do something to get better about this. I'm not going to stay quiet. Right, because a lot of people, you know, they'll feel embarrassed and they stay quiet about it and they don't seek for help. And then they ultimately take their lives away. And it's so sad. And even young ones, um, yeah. you know, in, yeah, and in college, right? In college, there's so much yeah. peer pressure. And I've heard many horror stories on, oh, yeah. you know, what these kids do because they're depressed and, you know, there's, there's a high, you know, not only drugs, but suicide. And, and this is why I do what I do, Aurelia and listeners, because it's, you know, from, from whatever I've learned or has helped me or that I've seen, uh, you know, teenagers that have said, wow, you know, you changed my life. I love myself now. And, you know, like if you can make an impact, even if it's on one person and that you know that you made an impact on their life and that they're seeing life different now and that they're loving themselves. And I recently heard in this, um, this mastermind group that I was in and she said, the word hope stands for help one person every day. And if you help one person every day, that gives you hope. When you help one person every day, you feel so good. And I recently, um, I remember reading a story about someone that was so depressed and they said, how did you get better? Like, how, what did you do to feel better? And he said, I started helping people. And when I started helping people, I felt so good it made me happy and if there's there's like one bit of advice that I can give is that always try to do something good for someone even if you give someone a compliment I remember sometimes I do that I'll give a random stranger a compliment like I thought wow that's such a pretty blouse or you look so you, you know you look so amazing and they light up and they smile. And I remember one lady saying, "You, oh, my God, you made my day. I needed to hear this. And it's so nice when somebody tells you, wow, you made my day. And, and you never know, right? You never know what that person was thinking. And by you just reaching out and giving a little love, how you can make an impact. And that's a ripple effect. And we need so much more of that in this world. 
You know, we need yeah. love. We need to spread the love. And and um, like I said, it's it's that's the strength. So that's how I started. Um, when I first came on here, I said that you know, love is a strength, and mm-hmm. love. Love heals, love conquers all, and and it begins with you, like really going deep within and loving yourself and then just radiating that love out to others and blessing everyone that comes your way. And you will be blessed. You will definitely be blessed if you start living this way. And, you know, this is all about uh, becoming the best version of you. And so to our listeners, that's why, you know, Aurelia and I are doing this um, because we want to be a part of helping everyone and sharing how we can all become a better version of ourselves. And um, one book that I read, um, I don't remember the name of it, but it was something about the, the path to life and there was one example in there that said um you you can't you can't change a hawk. So if you're trying to change and you want to be a better you, right? So so let's let's take take the example there's a hawk. You can't you can't change the hawk to turn into a dove. You can't convert it into a dove. But dove so what I'm saying is, so there's a you that kind of feels like you're in the dark right now, and you're trying to change it, and you're trying to change it, and you're not having any success, and you want to be that dove. Well, you were born, you were born like a dove. You were born out of a place of love. So instead of struggling and trying to change it, what you have to do is look at yourself Confront yourself, accept what's happening, accept your mistakes, just accept it and say, I am going to change, I'm going to replace it with the real me, the dove. That's the real you. That better version of you that we're talking about, that's the real you. That's who you truly are. You truly are an amazing human being that's filled with love and light. And we have to bring that love and light out again. That's so buried, for some of you, so buried deep inside of you. But you feel like there's no hope. But I'm here to tell you, because I've been through I've been through it all. And Aurelia knows I've been through a lot, right? <laughs> and yes. that when you have when you have faith when you have faith and you do the right thing, the right thing will happen to you. And you can, you can change that hawk with the dove because that's who you truly are. You're amazing. And I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and point to yourself and say, you are amazing and I love you. And give yourself a hug. Give yourself a hug. Give yourself a high five when you accomplish something. I'm going to... We have a little more time, right, Aurelia? Um, yes, we do. I know that you have a, a cutoff, so yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to wrap it up. I want to wrap it up with this. It's ten more minutes. So this is what I want everyone. This is what I suggest 
and this is something that helped me and it helped so many of my clients, to write your gratitude list, 10 things when you wake up in the morning, what are you grateful for and why? And it could be something, and just keep writing. Okay, I'm grateful for this pen because if it weren't for this pen, I wouldn't be able to write. If we didn't have pens, I couldn't write. If I didn't have my cell phone, I wouldn't be able to make these phone calls. If I didn't have my laptop, I wouldn't be able to be working. Or, you know, if I didn't have, so you can go on and on and on without, so it should be something fast. You should, it's something that you shouldn't even have to think about. Just look around. Just look around you and say, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. And why? So I want you to do that gratitude list in the morning, and you're going to feel, I want you to feel the shift in your body. Your energy is going to shift. You're going to feel good. And it's going to set your tone for the rest of the day. And then at night when you go to sleep, not to think about the problems or what you're worried about. So go back into that breathing and thinking about what you're grateful for and breathing into your heart, right? We want to keep our heart center, that energy center open. Remember to keep it open. And, and I want you to think about three, three accomplishments that you've had during the day, right? So it could be something as simple as, well, I listened to this podcast that I wanted to listen to, or I read a chapter, or I made my bed. It could be something really simple, which, by the way, I truly recommend when you wake up in the morning, you make the bed, and it's one small task, but that sets the tone also for you completing other tasks. So that's the one little advice that I give to all my students also. So the gratitude list, thinking about what uh, you've accomplished, and remembering that your thoughts create your reality. Your thoughts create your reality, and I want you to do the stop and swap and kill the ant. So the negative thoughts, when you have that negative thought, stop it and change it with a positive thought because that's how we're going to start reprogramming our mind. And it's a matter of looking at life in a different way. Remember, look at the way, change the way you look at things and the things that you look at change. I promise. You can do this even with people. Like you see, you know, you find so many faults in someone, but what's good about them? When someone complains about, to me, they're complaining about their husband, or I say, what's good about them? Like, why did you marry them? Tell me what's good about them. And then they start saying, oh, you know, this is good and that's good. And then you start seeing, seeing the good. So these are really simple exercises, but let's start with that. Let's start with simple, simple baby steps because then I'm going to be giving um, further suggestions on steps that you can take to become that better version of you. You want to be healthy and whole. You want to have that wellness with your mind your body, your soul, your spirit. So it's all the circles, mind, body, and soul. And Aurelia, did you want to add anything? Yes, yes, yes. Um, in addition to, you know, the basic principles that Marilyn is giving us, um, you also have to remember that you must stay hydrated. That is so important. People overlook the fact that hydration um, can break your body or the lack of hydration, dehydration can break your body down. So 
when you're doing these exercises, when you're doing all of this meditation, also include having some water when you're done because you're filtering out the negativity and you're getting rid of all of the the, the negative toxins in your mind and body. So you want to put something in there that's going to help flush the rest of it out. Drink some water. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Aurelia, for mentioning that. Because not only it affects your physical body, but believe it or not, it will actually affect your mood. If you, if you, um, if you're slightly dehydrated, it will actually affect your mood. So if you're feeling a little grumpy or your mood, um, you might want to check in. Wait a minute. You know, maybe I need to drink more water. And that's also one of the uh, suggestions um, from Dr. Daniel Amen. So very, very important to stay hydrated. And if you're not sure how much water to drink, just take your weight. Yeah, your body weight and cut that in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Aurelia. Yeah, you um, take how much you weigh, you cut that in half, and that's how yeah. many ounces you should be drinking. Yep, that's how many ounces you should be drinking. So drink up on water. Maybe you can put a little, a little lemon in there. And if you drink, if you're in the habit of drinking soda, uh, maybe that's something that you want to think about cutting back because of the sugar. And um, that's not not uh, that's not a food that's going to help your brain but harm your brain. So I want to I want you to start thinking like that. Is this gonna is this gonna hurt my brain or is it going to help my brain? So that's the question that I want you to start asking yourself. So, yes, very important to stay hydrated and to keep moving your bodies. You don't necessarily have to be in a gym. So even if you walk, like if you're, walk like if you're running late for 45 minutes, you're good. That'll knock the socks off of Zoloft. If you, if you walk 45 <laughs> minutes, like if you're running late, you don't need the Zoloft because your brain is going to be like, you're going to be releasing those chemicals that you need to make you feel good. So make sure that you're moving your body. Make sure that you're drinking water. Start eating energy foods. So start thinking, if, if this food comes directly from the earth, this has energy, it's going to give me energy, and this is what I need to be putting in my body. Uh, also, you can look at the website ewg.org because you want to see um, the Dirty Dozen, which are the mm-hmm. foods that should be organic, and then the Clean 15, which, which it's okay if they're not organic. So you want to look at that. And if, um, if anyone would like any, you know, more information about, I do Reiki. So Reiki is a treatment that uh, it promotes healing. It reduces stress. It will change your life physically and emotionally and your life overall. Um, I'm with uh, Helping Heal Hearts. I have two studios. I have one in Chester and one in Bloomfield. And, I also do virtual sessions, and I'm at Helping Heal Hearts. Yeah, I have two students. Thank you. And And I'm at Helping Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been busy uh, because a lot of people have been, you know, a lot of anxiety. And uh, Who wouldn't uh, have anxiety at this time? (laughs) Yes, yes. And something as simple as breathing can help so much. So start doing that slow breathing that will help you so much. 
and sometimes we forget to breathe. And when we breathe, control the, the heart rhythm, the heart rate variability, and it's going to get our nervous systems in synchronization, and you're going to feel better just by taking slow, deep breaths, but it has to be with a feeling. When you're taking those slow, deep breaths with a feeling of gratitude. So I will leave you all with that. I'm so happy to be here with you, Aurelia, and our listeners. And I look forward to being back. All right. Thank you, Marilyn, for joining us. I really appreciate all of the wealth of information that you've shared with our listeners. And I, when we meet again, we will continue this on to the next phase of, you know, getting um, to a new healthy normal for you period. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Aurelia, so much for having me. And thank you to our listeners. Much love to all. And remember to love yourself. Yes. Be well. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Okay, That was, bye. That was Marilyn um, forward. And she is our designated mind person. So she's going to help us kind of get our minds right um, through breathing exercises and different techniques that she's found to be very helpful with herself and her clients. Now, I am going to take you on the road of proper uh, fitness. And I'm not going to do it the traditional way. I'm going to do it the other way. I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm going to start with what we wear, what we wear. You know, oftentimes when we were growing up and we were working out and stuff, they, they always said, put on cotton. Cotton is breathable. You wear cotton, wear cotton. If you're going to outfit yourself with workout gear to begin on your healthy um, trek to being a better person, being in better health, please do not wear cotton. Cotton holds in the water. It does not let the water remove itself. So you can wind up with a lot of issues. Um, It's best that you wear uh, um, wicking material, material that takes the water away from your body. Um, That will help your body be be able to breathe, and it will eliminate a lot of issues you might encounter if you continue to wear cotton. Also, cotton is very heavy when it gets wet. So it just makes you feel completely uncomfortable. And ladies, wearing those wet workout outfits, you know what that means. It will only end in you having to visit the doctor to find out what's going on because you wore all this wet attire and you didn't have an opportunity or a chance to change it quick enough, and now you have an issue. So anti-wicking material, that even goes as far down as your socks because um, the anti-wicking socks, no, I mean, I'm sorry, not anti-wicking, but the wicking socks, um, they will take the water away and your feet will not get be so wet and soggy, which could lead to athlete's foot. So, you know, you want to have the most breathable material on your body as possible when you're working out because it helps with the, well, with your, um, your hygiene. And, you know, sometimes the anti-waking may smell a little bad, but it's okay. It's not, the water is not sitting on you. It is being removed from your body and it's being held in the material. And when you do take off your materials, um, you have two options. 
don't throw them in the um, hamper when they're still damp. That is a no-no. Um, you either let them dry out or you put them in the machine right away. Um, you put them in a the hamper when they're still damp and wet, that's just going to create mold and mildew, which is a whole nother can of worms. Uh, when my daughter was an athlete in high school and college, um, we had an issue. Um, she was running, and I hadn't seen her laundry in a couple of days. So I was trying to figure out, you know, where's the laundry? Where's the laundry? Um, I, I know you had practice, and I know you've been sweating your clothes. Where are they? So she brings out this huge bag, and it has her clothes in it, you know, and I open up the bag, and I kid you not, the smell had me step back three feet. It was horrible. Um, and at the time, we would take the um, laundry to this place called Bubble Works in Brooklyn, where you just drop off and pick up because my schedule, our schedule was just so crazy. We just didn't have the time to be able to make it to uh, the laundromat and do the laundry ourselves and so on and so forth. Um, we lived in a, a busy city in an apartment, and there they didn't have um, a laundry facility in the building, so we wound up doing it that way. Well, when I went to pick up the laundry from the place, they all came out to see who I was because that laundry stunk, period, point blank. And I was so embarrassed. I made my daughter come in with me, and I pointed to her, and I said, that's her stuff. And they just looked at me because they were just amazed. It was smelled so bad. So all I have to say is, you know, take proper care of your, um, you know, your workout gear and Take proper care of your body with regards to the stuff that you put on when you're working out. When you're outdoors, remember to wear sunscreen, uh, to hydrate yourself, and all of those basics. So we're just going from the basics and working our way on up. And that's all the information that I'm going to share with you today in regards to um, fitness. So you may think it's you may think it's a little you know elementary, but elementary stuff, the fundamentals are extremely important, especially if you want to move forward and have a healthy, safe um, road to regaining or reclaiming your fitness. So on that note, I am going to end the show and we're going to come back to you again. Um, and we're going to have more information, more tips. We're going to have, um, uh, Marilyn's going to provide us with some more information and some tips, and occasionally we're going to have our resident nutritionist, um, Rochelle LeBlanc. She's going to talk about healthy eating and what does a healthy plate look like, because I think some of us forgot that as well. And I will talk about how that relates to fitness and how the two work together in order for you to be able to have the optimum outcome when you're working out. So on that note, I am going to let you go. I want to thank each and every one of my wonderful listeners for taking the time out to sit down with us and enjoy our shows. I will see you soon. Have an amazing night. Be well. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. See you soon.